Hello and welcome to the Amaze podcast, where we talk to businesses large and small, experts in subjects across the spectrum of business, entrepreneurialism, tech, innovation, investment and finance. I'm Jake Shaw, your host. If you'd like to learn more about Amaze, please go to www.amaze.com. So hello and welcome to the Amaze podcast and today I'm joined by Verity Clark. Um, Verity, where are you based? I'm based in Colchester in Essex. So Verity, tell me a bit about yourself. So how did you become uh, a hair artist, hair hairdresser? What's the correct professional term? I think we just pick whichever one sounds coolest, to be honest. I like hair artist. I think it sounds a little bit more fun. But yeah, hairdresser, it's all the same thing. We do hair. I actually started quite late for the industry. A lot of people start a lot younger at 14, 16. But yeah, I've always been like creative, artistic, all that sort of stuff. As soon as I finished school, I bleached my hair up and coloured it purple and went to my exams that way. My mum wasn't impressed, but oh well. Uh, Yeah, so it's something I've always had a love for. I've always been sort of creative and that sort of thing. And so, yeah doing hair and getting going down that road just seemed like a yeah the natural thing to do so you set up the business got it all going and then suddenly a biblical plague hits the planet (laughs) they say your first year of business is challenging but come on now (laughs) (laughs) what was the first thing that went through your mind when you heard that they were going to lock everything down i'm not entirely sure i'm allowed to say the first thing that went through my mind (laughs) it started with (laughs) oh yeah massive shock and absolutely terrifying. More the sort of the uncertainty, I think, was my big issue at the time. Because if someone says, you know, you've got a shot for X amount of time, you can go, right, okay, I can plan for this, I can figure it out. But when someone says almost indefinitely, like that could be a week, it could be six weeks, it could be a year. And that's really hard to come to terms with because you can't really plan for that. But yeah, it was quite scary to begin with. As I said, I've been doing hair for 10 years. The longest I've ever not done hair for was three weeks. And that's when I went on honeymoon. So yeah, that's it's part of my life as well. And I think that's the same with a lot of small businesses. You know, we, we all open our business because we're passionate about what we do or the product that we sell. And it's part of our life and we love it. And I think that's one of the, the big things that hit a lot of small businesses was not only, you know, the financial side of things, but also the lifestyle side of things. This is our life. And what do we do now? You know, if you're running your own business, it is everything. It's all encompassing. It is, 100%. Yeah. You had to shut down the business. How did you deal with your clients when you did that? I think on the one hand, it was kind of helpful because the government put the massive thing out and it was locked down. So everybody kind of knew what was happening. Everyone knew their appointments would be cancelled and that sort of thing. They couldn't come. I sent an email uh, out to all of my clients and I use social media for most of my stuff as well. So... I've been keeping in touch with my clients via social media and via email and just kind of let them know, you know, actually I I dressed up like Mad Max and stood in my garden and sent a picture of it on email to all of my clients going, so I'm doing this now. Now the world's coming to an end. Um, Yeah, basically it was like, I'll keep in touch with you. If you need anything, let me know. I've got no idea what the plan is right now. Give me a minute. And I'll get back to you guys. You had to shut down, inform your customers. You, I mean, you're using a lot of channels that other people may not think about, which is Instagram and stuff. Tell me a bit about that. How do you use Instagram to publicize um, your business? To be honest, Instagram is my, my big thing. Obviously, I have a website. I also have a Facebook page. But Instagram seems to be where it's at. Because especially when you're creative, you're creating images. And you're, people want to see the work that you do. And Instagram is a great platform for that. Because essentially, you're just putting out loads of images. There's a a quote by a very famous hairdresser called Vidal Sassoon that says you're only as good as your last haircut. 
people don't necessarily well they do want to see all your photo shoots and all that kind of thing but they want to see work that you're doing right now in your business they want to see if i go to this place what am i going to come out with they don't want to see so much what you're doing in photo shoots and that kind of thing so i find instagram's a really good platform for that you can tag brands that you're using and interact with them and also you can just interact with a lot of other people either from your industry or similar industries um, and just kind of get together and create a bit of a community as well. So have you found that community helpful? 100%. Yeah, I don't know what I'd have done without it, actually. I've got a, a group of hairdressers. We've all got a group chat and we're all from all over the country. And just before lockdown happened, we're all kind of like, what are you doing? Are you closing? Are you not closing? Oh, it turns out we all have to close. And we're all panicking, wondering what we're doing. And yeah, throughout all of lockdown, we've all been chatting and like figuring out what we're going to do and how we're going to work things out. So it's, it's actually been an absolute godsend to be able to sort of have like-minded people within your industry that you can just kind of bounce ideas off of and, you know, figure out what the hell's going on with the world. Did you then look at what the government was offering in terms of like the bounce-back loan and C-bills um, and things I like did, that? I did, yeah, because there was a lot of information flying around, I think, especially in those first few weeks. There was a lot of information and there was a lot of misinformation. So it was kind of trying to sift through what was right and what was wrong without, like, completely losing your mind was uh, a bit of a challenge. But, yeah, I... I had a look at all those kinds of things um, and it turns out I wasn't eligible for a single one. So like with every system, I mean, the government helped a lot and they've put billions of pounds, I presume, into like helping the economy, helping businesses and that kind of thing. Um, and with any kind of system, there's always going to be, you know, gaps, people that don't qualify and that sort of thing. And yeah, it just turned out that I slipped through every single hole there was to slip through and every single net that existed. So sadly this is not an uncommon story that I'm coming across. It's it seems like there's a lot of people that are in that same situation. A luxury chocolate manufacturer. He uh you know he's actually employing people, he had premises and all the rest of it. Literally he he was not eligible for Nothing. anything which is really quite sad because at the end of the day, small businesses such as yourself and especially relatively new startups are the lifeblood of the econ. Have you managed to keep your premises and, and everything like that? Yeah, fortunately, um, I was in a good position with my premises. Um, I rent a chair in a room uh, in a gym, which I share with another stylist. And as soon as lockdown happened, we I was told that I didn't have to pay my chair rent over lockdown. You know, it was a big help. Obviously, the gym managed to get a few grants and bits and pieces and that kind of thing. But yeah, that was a big help. Uh, my my position there was safe. So I was quite fortunate in that respect. I know a lot of businesses have been worried about, you know, keeping their premises, paying the rent, all of that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I was quite fortunate. But yeah, and I had somewhere to go back to, which was fantastic. But I actually brought most of my kit and my colour and stuff and set it up in my conservatory. And I turned my conservatory into a home studio. I wasn't doing hair at home. <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> I um, I had seven mannequin heads that I had in my loft from when I was practicing. And I started doing hair on them and taking pictures of it and all that sort of stuff. So that was fun. <laughs> so that all kept you, kept sort of the uh, the marketing message alive. It did. It kept me sane as well, especially for that first sort of four weeks when you're just like, oh my God, what am I going to do without doing hair? It, uh, it definitely keep, kept me sane and kept me focused, I think, without freaking out too much. First week back, so how was that? How did that pan out? Take me through from opening up on Monday morning to the Friday. So, yeah, the night before I was... I didn't really sleep that well. I was almost like a kid at Christmas. <laughs> but I was so excited about going back because obviously my clients I've not seen for three, nearly four months, actually. 
Um, and that's as lo- if you don't include the fact that it may have been three or four weeks since I last saw them before lockdown. Um, and a lot of them, I've been doing their hair for a long time. You know, I class them as friends. And we know what's going on in each other's lives, all of that sort of thing. So, yeah, it was super exciting to be able to kind of see those people again. But also with all the new regulations and how big routes were going to be and stuff, there was a little bit of worry about, you know, am I doing the regulations right? Am I going to have enough time? Is this going to, like, how is this going to go? But yeah, when I went back in, I actually started back on the Tuesday and it was almost like I'd never been away, which was great. It was really lovely, you know, got to see my clients and catch up with them. It was mental. It was crazy busy. I worked till 11 o'clock on the Tuesday and Wednesday evening (laughs) when I'd started at nine. How do you see the future, Verity? What's what's the next six months looking like for you? Busy is what the next six months is looking like. So all my clients that are coming in this week are actually rebooking in my next available week. Although it's put my business on hold for a little while, I'm not quite sure how it's going to settle out. But I feel like I'm now in this kind of routine of, you know, I've got a busy week that's then going to move into another busy week in six weeks time. And it could potentially have almost a good effect for my business in terms of filling gaps and clients coming in and stuff. I'm yet to see how that plays out, but it's it's looking promising. Yeah. And also, like you say, seeing what other people are doing and kind of stuff that you either people were thinking about doing and never really got round to there's so many people just gone I've got all this time and I've been meaning to do this for a little while so I'm going to do it or kind of realizing that it is possible people that were maybe a little scared of going online or you know getting video calls and stuff have had to and realized that it's a possibility so I've been doing some videos with my mannequin heads <laughs> that I've been playing with um, I videoed absolutely everything that I was doing in my conservatory um, and I'm hoping moving forward to continue doing things like that with my actual clients kind of videoing what I'm doing putting together short videos that are you know interesting for clients to watch but also little tips and tricks for hairdressers to get involved with as well giving away knowledge and selling implementation <laughs> pretty much <laughs> tell me about how you've changed things in the way you do because obviously lots of people are wearing masks and, and things like that so what are you having to do in the salon to deal with clients now um, I'm having to wear a visor and we are asking our clients to bring uh, bring face masks with them as well it's it's really bizarre actually because like customer service feels a bit weird because we can't offer teas and coffees we can only offer like bottled water um, we can't offer magazines so when people are processing it feels a bit awkward because I'm used to going excellent do you want a tea do you want a coffee can I get you any magazines and I've just got to go do you want some water can't really offer you anything else <laughs> but yeah that that's a weird one Um we've obviously set up the social distancing as I mentioned I worked with um, another stylist in the studio and we've had to like move things around a bit to create a bit more space. Our studio is actually quite small, so we can only have a maximum of four people in there at once. So that's the two of us and a client each. I'm in quite a fortunate position that we were only working one-on-one with our clients anyway. I know a lot of bigger salons back-to-back, which is when you like, you'd have a colour processing and you'd do a cut in between and then you would go back. Um, And I believe that's going to be a little bit of a struggle for people in terms of sort of switching between two people and social distancing and that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, we were quite lucky that that's not the way we work. So we didn't have to change that quite so much. And yeah, the door has to be locked downstairs. So I actually have to go down, unlock the door and let people in. Which brings me on to the subject of money. Prior to COVID, we were all quite used to sort of dealing with any sort of money with cards and with cash and all the rest of it. Have you moved over to a cashless system? I've not gone completely cashless. I've requested that clients 
pay by card and if they absolutely have to pay by cash then I will take it I don't actually handle a whole lot of cash day to day anyway um, just because of the kind of bills that you have um, with the services that I provide it's not the amount of cash that people tend to carry on them every day I tend to take mostly card payments anyway so yeah it's not been too much of an issue but I'm concerned for people with things like tips obviously any kind of tipping industry is people aren't necessarily wanting to handle cash that much so you're maybe losing out on tips I've talked to a couple of businesses who are saying that basically their takings are 50% what it was before you sound like you're you're back up and higher than where you were before it's mad it's been like Christmas has come early like Christmas is a really busy time in salons and it's it's busier than Christmas it's crazy. If you were to give advice to somebody else who's got a business coming out of lockdown, just one bit of advice, what would you give? One bit of advice. Don't panic. Run with it. <laughs> Whatever it is, run with it. It'll all work out. If you're quiet, it will pick up. If you're busy and you're exhausted and you don't know which ends up, it will settle down. Verity, where do people find you? So website is verityclarkhair.com. Instagram is at Verity Clark Hair and Facebook page is also Verity Clark Hair. Verity Clark of Verity Clark Hair in Colchester. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more podcasts like this, please go to www.amaze.com and don't forget to like and share this podcast.